on 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Hey, and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Carlos Alberto Diego, you're in the house tonight. Welcome. How are you there, Rodrigo? I got introduced first. Oh, I, you nearly shocked me then. Well, you're in. You're within my line of sight. <laughs> yeah, no. Worried. I mean. Can we can we paint a picture for our listeners tonight? Paint a picture under cloudy skies. Yeah, Carlos. because this studio's state of the art <laughs> studio. It's so it's MCG size. It is. It's huge, and it's actually built for the Four Diego's because I don't think there's anyone. No show on SEN has more than four people on it. Right. We're, we're the most. We are we? a little bit unnatural. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So uh, anyway, Vinny's not here tonight. Uh, birthday celebration with the family, and uh, I know he's got the. The stereo going with us in the background. Of course he has. While all the while the birthday stuff's going on, but uh, Warren's in Vinny's spot. But he seems so far away tonight. Warren, welcome. Yeah, thank you, thank you, gents. I'm just I'm just occupying Vinny's seat because I don't want to be on the fence like Rodrigo is most of the time. So I've taken a far <laughs> taken a far end position, and just very quietly, um, <laughs> I. I'm going to try and be responsible for what I say over the next 20 minutes in particular, but I don't like, and I'm going to make this very clear, I don't like it when the clubs I support <laughs> make me look like a horse's backside. Can, can I just, when we first came on SEN 10 years ago, actually, was it uh, 2003? So it's 11 years ago now. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, we were one of the, uh, one of the, one of the first originals. shows, one of the original shows, yeah. and uh, we had the Saturday night time slot all to ourselves, high, high ratings. <laughs> <laughs> all of Melbourne, all of Australia, Adelaide were listening to us in those days. Unprecedented ratings. Unprecedented ratings. ratings. Yes. Ratings winner we were for SEN in those days <laughs> on the Saturday night. There was a disco night. It was a disco show, yeah. really. We were coming from the disco. We were getting ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we used to throw to the – remember we used to throw to the English Premier League? That's right. You know, we used to throw to them over there. It was just a magnificent uh, Saturday night show. And, uh, and I remember Warren um, – uh, you were a Liverpool fan, not going so well, and you declared one night, there was reverberations around the world, declared one night that he was divorcing Liverpool. And going you, with Big Sam. Yeah, and you took up with Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, that's I right. did. So you were a, a, a proud and passionate Melbourne City fan. A turncoat. Yeah, no, you proud and passionate. That, yeah. yeah, and of course you did, then jumped off Bolton. Yeah, you yeah left, back to Liverpool. You left the woman yeah, of the yeah. night and you yeah, came I back re- to Liverpool. Reconciled. Uh, now, what is it, 10 years on, 11 years on, uh, Melbourne City thrashed in the home of the former pub team, Wellington yep. Phoenix, Yep, thrashed 5-1. Uh, you said they were a certainty. They made you look bad. I said bad. they were certainties both t- right, the last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, they've made you look bad. They've, yep. they've been embarrassing. Yep. Are you divorcing them tonight or are you defending them tonight? No, 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 I'm not divorcing them. I'm not defending them. I'm just upset. Look, just hold on to that. Um, sadness, that you know, feeling of upsetness, and um, Carlos, we'll we'll do the hot topic yep. a little bit later on because we want to get to this guy because he's um, just about to hop on a train, <laughs> and we want to at least talk to Mike McGrath, you know, and 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 just talk about some of the UK stuff because what's coming up will be the hot topic. Yes, um, we're going to talk about uh, there was a game tonight as well. We will talk about Melbourne City, and you can get it off your chest then, Warren. But let's spend about five or ten yes. minutes now with Mike McGrath from the UK. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for squeezing me in. Oh no worries, we're not squeezing you in. You're an integral part of the show. You're a headline act, Mike. Now, Mike, um, with the first real run of midweek games overnight, and I deliberately didn't say anything about my team last week because there was nothing to talk about 
and they're not playing much better Liverpool, but it does really show that if you get a run like this of three games in seven days, like all the teams will have over the next over the over this week, if you can find a way to eke out results, you can suddenly build momentum. With Glenn Johnson's header against Stoke on the weekend, Stevie G came back and scored a goal. Liverpool's second leading scorer, can I say, is own goals for the season. But they've just given themselves a chance with playing Sunderland this weekend to put three wins together and at least give them something to go into the Manchester United game with. Well, yeah, I mean, before the United game as well, I think a big um, a big moment of the season will be the Basel game, um, you know, a, a week today or um, a week yesterday, uh, you know, which evokes memories of uh, Steven Gerrard against Olympiacos when they needed to win to go through. Um, and if they win that one as well, I think I think they'll probably got enough to beat Sunderland. And then if they win that one as well, suddenly it, you know it's a little bit rosier. They're through to the um, Champions League knockout stages and got got a few wins behind them. Now, Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, of course, Stevie Gerrard. All the talk is about whether not whether he's going to be offered a contract. They've offered him a contract. It's whether he's going to take it. Surely he will take it. And why is this a talking point anyway? Because uh, there's no chance of Stevie Gerrard leaving Liverpool, is there? Um, I don't think for another Premier League team, but certainly, you know, he would probably um, be wise. And I think this is what he is doing is uh, in January, he can listen to offers from foreign clubs. Uh, foreign clubs are generally uh, going to offer longer years, more security. So it's something to weigh up anyway. And the fact that it hasn't been done already, I think, is a sign. Normally, these things get wrapped up really quickly, you know, well before the expiry date of the contract. So um, it's it's a, a real fine balancing act for Liverpool as well. A club legend who is 34 years of age, you know, they're a business as well and they can't just give money away. But, um, you know, this is Stephen Gerrard we're talking about as well. But there's talking about uh, a bit of a bust-up between Brendan Rodgers and Gerrard. I mean, the way Rodgers is uh, portraying it, it makes a lot of sense that he's... He's in the twilight of his career. He's still a world-class player, but he doesn't need to be playing every game. And, and today was proof with the goal he scored against Leicester. And he was on the bench on the weekend uh, uh, in their win over, uh, you know, um, uh, it, Stoke. Yeah, Stoke, uh, they, they won the game there. So uh, it seems to make a lot of sense what Brendan Rodgers is saying. Is Stevie Gerrard not taking it well at the moment? I mean, wh- which overseas club would he go to and sacrifice... That uh, the, you know that idea of being a one club man for over seven hundred games. Well, I think there's definitely there'll definitely be takers. America is um, lucrative and also a nice place to to finish your career, as Henri has done and Lampard's going to do. Um, so I, I just think if if they're not offering him the same terms as these foreign clubs will, it's definitely something to look at. Um, you know. You, I think he's probably the last sign of any loyalty in, in football. He, he stayed at Anfield when uh, Real Madrid came knocking and when Chelsea came knocking. Um, but at this stage in, in your career, I think I, I just think he's um, he's just going to have a little listen before deciding. Um, I still think he'll, he'll probably end up being a Liverpool manager one day. Um, but you know, the last couple of years like Beckham did, I don't think that's out of the, out of the question either.
Now, Mike, uh, here in Australia, if you breach code of conduct in a job, you get a written warning and you might get the sack. Um, and I think it uh, used to be three times and you got the sack, but now it's only once, I think, and you, you've got to be managed out of a business. How many written warnings is Mario Bellatelli on at Liverpool at the moment? Because, uh, yeah, he's inst- yeah, he's got to get off social media, doesn't he? Yeah, I think... Um naive and ill-judged right? I mean I don't think anybody could really accuse him of being a racist with the levels of abuse he took in in um, Italy just you know an ill-judged Mario moment um, which he'll probably have to cop a punish- punishment for um, it's it's one after another at Liverpool I'm afraid um, for Balotelli I think the only way is to, to start scoring and then people quickly forget about the antics. Yes. Um, but at the moment, it's looking like a, a £16 million um, flop. Yeah, injuries kill Mario Balotelli. Anytime he's got time on his hands, he just can't help himself. <laughs> Mike, I want you to crystal ball for me. Who'll finish higher on the ladder, West Ham or Southampton? Because at the moment, you'd have to say... They're the two biggest improving sides of the Premier League so far. I know the gloss went off Southampton on the weekend. It was a little bit deceptive, actually, that game. It was actually more than even in the first half with Southampton having some chances. Just really the pointy end of Man City really got them in the second half. West Ham come from behind this morning, something that they would never have done for the past three or four seasons. They've put a run on. Tell me who's going to finish higher come end of season. Uh. That is that is a really it's a real trick. I'd probably go for Southampton. Uh, it's difficult because I think Southampton overall have got the quality um, over West Ham. I just think you know Tadic is an incredible player who could play for a top four team. Klein similarly. Teller, the goals have dried up a little bit, but a, a fantastic um, fantastic signing that's worked so far. Um, I think they've got a better quality of player, but yeah, West Ham just those two up front. If they can get Sacco back fit, will will score goals against any team. So I just think I think it's really tight. But I just I just edge Southampton. I think Tadic is a big big factor in that. I think people have been you know extremely surprised at how well he's done so quickly. And with due respect to Andy Carroll, since he's come back from injury. If they can keep him on the park, I mean, his overhead kick that led to the to the go-ahead goal for West Ham, eventually the winning goal, really shows the quality that he has. And he's more than just a, a player in the air. If they can get continuity in his in his play, with Sacco, there's a real combination there that's going to score enough goals for them to win most games. Yeah, I mean, I, I was at United last night. I didn't. I haven't seen the West Ham. Uh, goals so far, but I mean, from what I can, from 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 what I know from watching Andy Carroll play before his injury, is that when he's fit, I mean, he was, you know, he was for a while he was England's big hope, uh, let alone uh, West Ham's, and he, you know, he can keep him fit and he will cause problems. I don't think, I think he'd be a great bench player. One, you know, and that's a difficult thing to say about a fifty million pound, once fifty million pound player, but he'd be a great option off the bench. If things aren't going well for Enna Valencia and Sacco, because I think they're the two that will that will really propel West Ham if they're going to stay where they are. But that's a real bonus if he can if they, if Big Sam can get um, Carol firing as well, because I, I've seen 
so, you know, it's, it, I've seen him uh, put in some unplayable displays um, where you know the toughest defenders in the league, company being one of them, Skirtle, all those you know real hard nuts have had uh, have had problems dealing with him. Now, Mike, last week uh, Roy Keane decided to part company with Aston Villa. Of course, he was an assistant coach there under um, uh, uh, Lambert, and uh, and uh, he's now still assistant coach there at no- uh, Republic of Ireland, I believe. But uh, tell us, um, what does people see in Roy Keane as a coach? He seems to have a bust up with everyone. He doesn't seem to have a, a particularly successful record wherever he goes. Uh, he even has sort of problems with former managers of, of his own, you know, with these issues with Alex Ferguson's and, and so forth. Um, wh- why do people keep on employing him? He's got a, he's got a reputation of being a winner on the pitch. Yeah, you know, he did get so you know Sunderland. He took up. He did well with them, and he you know I think he's a he is somebody who can get a dressing room going, but equally could get a dressing room. You know the the word is that the, the dressing can turn quickly against him as well. He's that kind of character. I, I'm not sure where it's where it's going to go with him. I think Republic of Ireland assistant manager is is probably just absolutely ideal for him. Yeah, apart from apart from uh, hotel uh, dust ups and, um, and and the press, which uh, which uh, was the last story in the international break. I think it's probably ideal for him. I'm not quite sure whether a Premier League ma- uh, team would take take a gamble on him now after after this one. Um, it's a uh, it's a shame because when Villa were going well at the start of the season, people were saying yeah it was it was keen you know, and um, they had they've been on this terrible run which um, has been ended recently. But uh, you know people are pointing the fingers at um, Lambert's appointment in in getting him in because it, it's obviously turned sour. Hey Mike. Uh... Hey, thanks for making yourself available just before you're getting on a train. I hope you haven't missed that train because, um, you know, we know what it's like uh, with you and, and public transport. So um, we want to make sure you get to where you need to get safe and sound. But uh, thanks for your time as always and uh, nice to have a, a good long chat with you. Cheers, guys. I'll see you soon. There's Mike McGrath from the uh, Sun in the UK. Good to get him on nice and early but um, and always good to get uh, stuff about the English Premier League with Mike McGrath. Hey, um we we jumped we jumped ahead, didn't we? Because we were just about to talk about uh, the hot topic, but also Melbourne City. Um, I think I think we might uh, go to the hot topic, Carlos. Because let's start with that. Mila Yednak um, yeah. was voted what the Asian player, the international player of of the year in yeah. the AFC. So um, on on the back of that, the hot topic tonight, and we want your text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Yeah, and just to set it up a little bit more mm. too, he's actually regarded quite highly in the EPL at the moment. He scored five goals already. His coach has come out in the last couple of days and said he expects him to get the double figures with goals. And they're not just penalties he's scoring. He's scoring from set pieces and also uh, headed goals uh, at corners and so forth. So he's a really a do- yeah, a really dominant figure. For for a bloke who I think if you look at it the way he plays, he's, he's actually quite limited with what he's got. But he uses it to his advantage. Such a such a strong presence. And it seems like Crystal Palace is just a club that's made for him. Feels right at home. He's the captain of the club. Uh, he had a relatively good World Cup. Um, okay, he hasn't always been terrific for Australia, but uh, in 
the EPL right now and throughout Europe is highly regarded. And I think in some of the websites, that the sort of the champion data type websites in Europe, he's actually ranking really high in the top five or six players in Europe. So, uh, I mean, there hasn't been too many Australian players over the years that have uh, reached those sort of heights. And uh, and he's 29. He's still got a lot of years to go in the EPL. The hot topic tonight, and we've had a bit of a debate in the green room, me and Warren, for a change about this. Will Mille Jedinak go down as one of our best ever players? Will he go down as one of our greats? And I'm saying yes, because I think he's only just discovering what he can do. I know he's 29, but this guy can play till he's 34, 35. And I just think he's uh, got such a great reputation over in the UK that this guy can keep on improving and improving. And by the time he's finished his football, Warren, he's going to be one of our greats. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Look, I can see both sides of the story, Carlos. That's not a surprise, Rodrigo. Look, at the moment... I think Mille Yednak would make the second 11 for the Socceroos. I don't think he'd make the best ever 11 players. We're not talking about that. We're talking about as one of our greats. We we don't just have 11 greats. I think we have 11 greats. No, we have Across our history. He'd make the second 11. He's not a great player. (laughs) But we don't just have 11 great players. Well, he might make the third 11. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, will he go? There's no number of greats that we have. Look. If I was to ask you the question, if you look at the players that are comparable in the era that he's just come out of, yep. okay, Vinnie Grella's probably been the most dominant player in that defensive holding midfield role across this generation of players. I don't think he's of the quality of Vinnie Grella, although you would say that if you compared EPL career to EPL career, that... Certainly, Mille Jednak's Premier League career has been better than Vinny at, at Bolton, but at the same time, Blackburn. sorry, Blackburn, but at the same time, he was there late in his career and was racked by injury. Is he better than Carl Valeri? Well, Carl Valeri never played in the top division of Italian football. He's come back to Australia. I'd say he's probably a better player than Carl Valeri. If, if, you're, not... if you're looking at if you're looking at Mille Jedinak and you're looking at the technical side of things and comparing the Vinnie Grello and Carl Valeri, he's never going to win that. Yep. But look what he's achieved. And I, by the way, I'm looking at his achievements only. I'm not looking at the way he plays football because he's very frustrating when he plays for Australia with a number of turnovers, unforced turnovers a lot of times. He doesn't seem to do that as much in the EPL or his role doesn't require him to hit you know, balls that can be turned over. It seems like he's just, he's the role he plays, he plays perfectly there with not too much responsibility of ball ball at feet. And the the club he plays for is a sort of club that he's suited to because they're not expected to go forward in numbers and create a lot of stuff. A lot of the a lot of the the wins they have are one and two nil wins or two one or they're always scraps of some sort, and that's what he's suited to. So if you if you're comparing him to a Vinnie Grella in a technical aspect, well. It's they're not going to be comparable, but by by his achievements by the end of his career, you've got to say this guy has hardly failed in his in his senior football since he left Central Coast all those years ago. You know his trajectory as far as a player is very similar to Lucas Neal in terms of he stepped up to become a quality player in the team and the division in which he was playing. Now Lucas Neal was you know a lower divisional player and came up with his team into that Premier Division and became captain of two clubs in the Premier League and improved at that level to be, at one point, 
one of the best central defenders in the Premier League. Now, I think Mele Yednak, even though I say that he's not a great, you've got to respect a guy who's gone to play at a club in a lower division. He stayed with that club. He's bought that club up. They're now in the second year of in the prem, of the Premier League. And he's captain in both he's years. He's captain in both in years. three years, actually. And he's really ch- been, particularly last year under Tony Pulis, when they looked like they were going to go down almost certainly and they turned it around, he was almost the instigator on the field of that. So you've got to give him credit for being yeah, able so to So you're, you're backing me? Or no, he's not a great. That, that, well, he's a, no, for that, me, he's a great. That's a great point. That's a great point because if he's on the same trajectory as Lucas, he'll Hill, end up being a great. Well, that's what oh, that's right. what we're so, saying. We're, so yeah, I'm not saying will he a, end up being a great. Isn't that the hot topic? Uh, yes, will he end up being okay. a great of the Australian football? <laughs> no, no. I'll say to you now, if he maintains this trajectory, he yes. probably will be. Oh, right? well, thanks. Okay. Jeez. Well, I don't know what we're arguing it's about. It's a cool topic. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Hey, we're going to talk about Melbourne City after the break. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's right here on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When explaining his loathing of soccer, USA Today sports writer Tom Weir once said, "The rest of the world loves soccer." Surely we must be missing something. Isn't that what the Russians told us about communism? There's a good reason why I don't care about soccer. It's because I'm an American. And hating soccer is more American than mum's apple pie, driving a pickup truck and spending Saturday afternoon channel surfing with the remote control. Tom, get over it. Jeez, I love this game. We are the Four Diego's. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, here on a Wednesday night, of course, as always, with the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. There was an A League game tonight, actually. Brisbane Raw defeated Western Sydney Wanderers, the champions of Asia. 1-0, and Enrique, Enrique scored in the uh, sixth minute with a penalty, and um, Western Sydney Wanderers haven't won a game. You know what, Carlos? We, re- we, we could have related to this game tonight because we were at a, actually a Melbourne Heart game where the ground was deluged before the start of play, Yeah, no. and yeah. they actually managed to get on tonight, but the, ra- the rain was spectacular, and we'll, we'll talk about Wanderers probably after we talk about City, because I'm confused, Carlos, mm. with regards to... The Wanderers. If you look at the heart of the team, the actual heart of the team, it's exactly the same group of players that were there last year. Offensively, they're probably better on paper with the likes of Urich and Rukovica who's come in. Castellan, you know, and Victor Saba, you know, have replaced Shinji Ono and Yusuf Hersey effectively. I wouldn't say they look inferior to me on paper than last year's team, and yet they don't look like it. They well, they do. I they mean, they, they trouble Brisbane they, for large parts. Of no, but they could game. have won the game tonight too. I mean, I'm not saying Brisbane were the better side, but Rukovica hit the crossbar. There were a couple the of crossbar yeah, I mean, it was, there was a couple of chances where on another night they could have done it, and they've done that in other games. So, you know, they are going quite ordinarily at the moment on the scoreboard and on the ladder, that's for sure. But really their performance, they're just around the corner from getting a but, win. And I think they've just been knocked off their, their rhythm because of the Asian Cup. But if you compare them to Melbourne City, I mean, really, they're having a go at least. 
And uh, and in, in I mean, they were really gutted tonight, those players. And I'm not saying Melbourne City players weren't gutted, but they'd be going away saying, I let people down again, rather than the, Mel- the West Sydney Wanderers guys are saying we're unlucky. Are they good enough, Carlos? Because on the face of it at the moment, you've got four teams that have lost two games between them, you know, they're well and truly in front of every team. I think um, Wellington are on nine points, possibly, yep. or and then the top. Are they good enough to put three or four oh, wins yeah. or five Easy. wins together? Yeah, yeah, that won't be a problem. They're just they've been knocked off their rhythm because of the Asian Cup, and now they're just experiencing experiencing a bad luck, and uh, and they're just not quite there yet. But they'll get there. Uh, but I did say pre season I didn't expect them to go so well this year. Because I thought they in the last in the first two years momentum or whatever excitement or whatever I think they were playing above themselves. Now you're getting the true standard of the quality of play you've got there. But I still I still believe that they're good enough to string three or four wins together and uh, and make the finals. Given especially Central Coast are the ones in the yeah, six at the moment. In, Melbourne yep. City are just outside the six. Yep. I mean really. Yes. Um, and Brisbane are going to start overtaking. Well, they're on so. three or four points. They're yeah. only a, a game outside of the top six. The bad thing for City at the moment and also Central Coast and like Newcastle is that Brisbane are starting to get their act together. West Sydney will get their act together. So suddenly they're going to be dropping below yep. because they're not going to go with them when that happens. Hey, we're still going to talk about Melbourne City, but before we do, we're going to talk about another one of your favourite teams. Yep. Uh, Warren, Daniel in Thomastown wants to talk about Liverpool. Good day, Daniel. Oh, good day, Diego. How are you going? Yeah, Very good, good I've, I've actually got one serious question I want to ask, but um, I just want to say that we're still within a chance of winning the title. We've, we've just got to win the next 24 games. Still <laughs> on 22 points, and no other team's got a more than that since Chelsea in 04, 05. Yeah. So, we'll direct that one to Warren. 24, uh, 24 in a row? Uh, 24 in a row may not be possible. <laughs> it might actually be impossible. But, uh, Daniel, the one thing, and... They're not playing any better than what they were 10 days ago. You know, before the Ludogrets game, that they, they lost that game before, before the Ludogrets game. I forget who it was. They're not playing any better now than what they were two weeks ago. But what they've done, okay, they found a way to scrounge a draw against Ludogrets that gives them a chance against Basel. Glenn Johnson, and I, I won't overstate this because I think Glenn Johnson's well and truly on the downward slide of his career, and I don't think Liverpool will offer him an extension. But to put his head where he put it was a really good effort, and that built momentum. And this run of games... What, the header built momentum? It built some momentum on the back of one win. And the the run of games they had, Stoke, Leicester, Sunderland, gave them some chance. If they get a result against Sunderland, win against Basel, and I know there's two big ifs there because they're not, as I said, own goals is their second leading scorer. They go into the Manchester United game next weekend, or two weekends away, and do With what? United and not having what? Rooney, not having Di Maria. Rooney, in two weeks, I'll have Rooney. No, they won't. They're not saying his knee injury is oh, that he's serious. Got, it's blown up like a balloon, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Di Maria, I, I granted Di Maria. His I think hamstring. He's, he's, he's his hamstring yeah, again. Yeah. So what's, your, what's his serious question, Daniel? Just about the Jacqueline Johnson. I don't understand why Rogers has to play Lovren, which I'm glad he's dropped, but Skirtle isn't much. Isn't much. They got rid of Vaga, understandably injury prone. If they they playing a player who Glenn Johnson, the only decent thing he's done is actually put his head there because that's really the only thing he's actually done in the last two years. 
Um, you've, you've got Gerard, that's offensive midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder. He can't last 90 minutes. Lucas or Cash should be there. He doesn't play Coutinho behind the two strikers. He's saying that he doesn't play two strikers even when he's got Baroni who, I don't know, if he's injured, he's not injured. He's got a 32-year-old Lambert who really can play five minutes and then, well, this morning or yesterday's game, he was asleep for 91 minutes. Then you've got a $20 million striker or winger on the bench in Markovic who really they've loaned out Jordan I trying to get rid of Soso. I just... Don't understand this guy's mentality when, even when he had Balotelli there, he, he couldn't play Balotelli and Baroni up front. And they got Balotelli's injured because we probably wouldn't have won the last two games. Um, they're all saying the saving grace being, you know, Sturridge and Suarez getting taken out. But at the end of the day, you've still got two strikers that are there. He's not playing well the last, I guess, the last game he played Sterling properly. But it just doesn't seem to get the formation right. He's, he lined up yesterday morning for 4-4 with the diamond formation, and that seemed to work. I just don't think Lambert is a 90-minute player. Certainly Gerrard's a 90-minute player. And why not truck you know, Markovic up front as a lone striker or play him off, uh, play him off Lambert? I don't get it. Or get that extra bit of speed. Daniel, lovely lovely synopsis there of, uh, of everything you think is wrong right now, but I want to take you back post-World Cup where they made the decision quite quickly to let Luis Suarez go. The guy was uh, at the start of a four-year extension of his contract, and it just it seemed all quickly. There was no fight in keeping him. And, and I could the never, previous I, 12 I, months, Carlos. Yeah, I could never understand why they let him go so easily to Barcelona. I mean, he was the one who made the mistake at the World Cup. I mean, they stood by him. They, cha- they actually made him into a world's best player the year before by taking the stand they did, when he was agitating for a move the previous preseason, they made him the player he, he was. The, the mix, the, the the blend of Liverpool and Suarez in that year, under those circumstances, with Brendan Rodgers there, that's why he became the best world's best player. Why'd they let him go so easily, Warren? Yeah, Post World sure. Cup, not sure, Carlos. There was I'm, no, there was no battle. No, there there was no argument, particularly, no particularly in contrast to what they did the twelve months ago. I mean, I mm. remember being at the MCG. He was. He was yeah. worse than sucking in the yeah. sandpit. He was just pathetic, and they just basically said, "You can you can cop it or not." And look, Daniel, I think you make really good points. I think. Now, hang on, I think it all why, stems from that. Why? Well, it probably it it probably does. The only thing I would say, and Lambert was bought as a champion, as a as a kissing your sister cup and FA Cup replacement. Really, is had to play large minutes. Sturridge. Well, they knew this with Sturridge. They went after they went after a big name striker. They couldn't get it. Balotelli was sort of like, you know what? Balotelli's a bit like Mr. T. He starred in one movie, got a lot of fame and fortune. He's been a B grader ever since. And but the younger players, the two fullbacks that they bought, Achan, Markovic, they're young guys who hopefully will develop. They've still got Augie, who's out on loan at Lille, who has been doing fantastic stuff. But I agree that he doesn't know what his best 11 is. But the Luana, big, Lovren... But I keep on coming back to... If you had Luis Suarez in that squad right now, it would be a completely different We'd complexion. would be top three. So why'd they let him go when they couldn't replace him? Not sure. Because they obviously would have seen, OK, we're going to let this guy go. We're going to let him go without a fight. We've got to get all this money in, because what they get on him? They got a fair bit of money for him, didn't they? They got about $73 million. OK. Yep. Now... 
surely they're in the Champions League. Surely they can go out and get someone. Yeah, Falcao. I mean, you know, they could have anyone. got. I mean, Falcao's a bit a bit of a dud with Man yeah, yeah. United at the moment. But surely they could have been a bit more aggressive in the transfer Sanchez, market. Benzema, they, they made any, they yep. made that decision so early after the World Cup yep. gave them all that time, yep. and they were playing in the Champions League. Brendan Rodgers is now recognised, was at the time recognised as one of the good young managers around the world. So there's no reason why they couldn't entice someone. Why not spend the 70 mil? Yeah, I think the reason why they didn't, Carlos, is because they really wanted to inflict another five years of me having to cop <laughs> the stuff that I get from you. And really, it's entertaining. It adds to the show. I think, I think that's led to everything that's a problem right now. That you but take... in saying that, Daniel, and I don't know that you know you're not there. In saying that, Liverpool are now on 20 points. They're seventh on the ladder. They could still... No. What are you, what are you no, hoping for? You want to make Champions League two years in a row. Yeah, They're every chance of doing that. You have no chance. Oh, rubbish. You, you have no rubbish, chance of rubbish, making... Rubbish. I mean, really, it's like you don't even watch them play. They're no better than West Bromwich Albion right now. Except West Brom. And I've I mean, said that, but they're yeah. going to manage. If they manage to win three games in a week, oh. suddenly they're on a roll. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not like three games in a week. There's, there's, what's, what's going to happen during Christmas? What's going to happen after Christmas? This is a marathon. You got you know little Raheem Sterling who gets tired after the game. You can't train for two days after <laughs> the game. Little get, Raheem Sterling because he gets tired. <laughs> what's happened to him? Rodrigo, have we got a break? No, no, look, Come on. I, I was just letting this happen. Is there a break happening? They Surely could not we can afford, go to a break. We can. They could not afford another bite by Suarez, considering his four-month ban. The next one would be at least two years. Yeah, but you don't let another... Look, you just don't let him go, because he's still worth... They got good him. money, Carlos. They didn't... They sold him for but good it's cash. Rich, it, tell you what, it's put Brendan Rodgers' job in the firing line. He could go, because they're just not going to make yep. Champions League. Yep. No one's going to join them now that's any good. Right, I mean, it's all these all these knock on effects, and I and they didn't put up a fight. If they had put up a fight and said, "No, you're going to go and rot in the reserves, you want to leave," and all that sort of stuff, I would have had more respect for them if they let him go then. But it was so quick, and, and no one no one seemed to talk about the fact they let him go so quickly. Oh, because because he bit. No one no, there. No one is as much of an oracle on world football as you, Carlos, because we <laughs> defer to your opinion always and well, every day. Tell you what, he came back from the bite. Started scoring straight away for Barcelona. He scored one goal, but he scored in the friendlies too that he played. Oh, friendlies! I'm sorry, well, that's all, that's all he played. He could just score. He scored one goal since he's been back. I'm telling you, he's uh, you know a big mistake. It's a generational mistake for Liverpool. That one. Before Here we, we go, go Rodrigo. Yes, add something to the wounds. Go no, on. No, no, no. Before we go to the break, um, Daniel, who's just called us. Thanks, boys, for taking my call. Uh, all the best. Uh, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Remember, don't look at the league table until New Year. Daniel <laughs> That's right. Thomas down. Absolutely. So, some sage words there. Um, that bloody bite from shares dropped his price tag um, to seventy five <laughs> from one hundred mil. It's true. You would have got a hundred mil for him if uh, if he was if he hadn't gotten the trouble at the World Cup. Hey, let's take a break, and I promise we are going to talk about Melbourne City. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to talk about it. The chess pieces have been moved tonight, but... uh, I'm going to take a long run. Okay, excellent. That's after the break on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When once responding to an opponent's insults, former world heavyweight champion boxer, convert to Islam, Iachua and jailbird Mike Tyson once said... He called me a rapist and a recluse. How dare he? I strongly object to being called a recluse. Jeez, I love this game. We are the Four Diego's.
What the hell? Come on. On 11-16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Coming up after the Diego's, it's all night appetite with uh, Darren Parkin from 12 till 6. Hey, let's talk about some A-League uh, stuff. And Melbourne Victory, uh, Melbourne, sorry, Melbourne City, I should say, lost to Wellington Phoenix uh, 5-1. Lost. Is that uh, the word you're going to use? Well, well it's, 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 what they, it's what happened. Capitulated. Well, you can use the, 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 the sensational descriptive words, words. The descriptive yeah. words. I'll, I'll just call it like it was. They lost 5-1 which was a, a, quite a significant defeat. <laughs> it was a pummeling, a pizzling. Yep. It was whatever word that you want to use. I mean, you know what? A pizzling? What, what was a pizzling? It was, it was an a absolute pizzling. disgrace. Okay. No, it's you, a disgrace. You have, you have the mic. No I'm not going to no interrupt. No one in world football has so vehemently used a microphone and a public audience to pump up the credentials of Melbourne City than me. Mm. I'm their number one on-air fan, bar none. But yep. you're not their number one ticket holder. No, who is that? Oh, I don't know. Well, I'm not, but I have been on-air. George and Cunnan just very fan. quietly, to see them turn up their feet. They just sat on their backs, put their feet up in the air, <laughs> and let somebody come along and tickle their tummy. Jeez, it that's was pathetic. <laughs> Is you know a, what is this they a hammering, You're giving him a oh, hammering right I'll tell right you now. what the problem is. John Van Skip, you're trying to invent fullbacks. Can you get some fullbacks, please? No disrespect to Archibald. No disrespect to Ramsey. No disrespect to Hoffman, who's a good friend of ours at the Diego's. <laughs> but they can't play in that position. Kisnorbo and Villart, nice players, good blokes. Wouldn't want to meet Patrick Kisnorbo in a dark alley at all. <laughs> But they've got the turning circle of Mack trucks. The little fleas that were Krishna. the Fijian, Krishna and Burns and the likes, they just ran rings around them. They bullied the game. They bully games for short periods of time, <laughs> don't get a result, and then just turn up their toes and run home. They did it against Melbourne Victory. They've done it against Wellington Phoenix. They do it against Central Coast Mariners. It's pathetic. I'm sick and tired of it. Absolutely sick and tired of it. John Van Skip doesn't need to turn into Kevin Musket. I'm not saying that. But the players need to ha- take a good, hard look at themselves because it's not good enough. They're, they're nice. They're just nice. Aaron Moy, he's a nice player. He played well he on the weekend. He does. But where is <laughs> the... Oh, it, it's so... You're salivating. You know, and it spoils a Sunday. I sit down with my wife oh, to nice. watch the game. Beautiful. You wife. know what? Does if they win, who knows where it goes? <laughs> if they win, it's an exciting possibility. Okay. Sunday night, it's exciting. Oh, oh no. They is... lose. I'm sick and tired of it. Gee. I never thought that when you change their name... From heart to city, you'd actually be pulling the thing out of their chest and they wouldn't have one. But that's what they're playing like. And it's not the coach. It's the players. That's it. So what's the solution, Warren? The solution is go to somewhere quiet, individuals, (laughs) and look in a mirror and take a good, hard look at themselves. Just find something. They don't need any sort of 
motivation or psychologist or whatever so, else. So what do the three full backs that you've ended their careers tonight, what do they do when they look in the mirror? What do they, <laughs> but they just look at the mirror and they talk look, themselves into becoming more You know more about fullback? the game technically than what I do, Carlos. But what I'm saying to you is, is there a sense of actually providing some protection or another type of formation or possibly going to a back three and protecting the midfield or, I don't know, doing something? A sign for me is that Eric Pardalou has been substituted the last Half couple of time. games. The last couple of games. So people have to go at the back four, and yes, the two full-backs are makeshift full-backs. The two centre-halves are being exposed, and they're a bit older, so they're going to be a bit, you know, lose a bit of a, a bit of a yard, you know, given that they're a bit older. It seems like the way John Van Skip's looking at it, and maybe the coaching staff, is that the, the, the midfield or the rest of the team are not collectively defending properly, and maybe Eric Pardalou's suffering and being uh, singled out for not protecting his back four properly. But the, the worst thing is, it just seems there's this resignation that once they, you know, they hit the point in the game where they're under some pressure or, you know, the other team's, you know, uh, looking for a winning goal or an equalising goal or in the case on the weekend when they scored against the run of play uh, with an awful mistake, uh, suddenly there seems to be a, a, a sense that here we go again. And what worried me a little bit was Paddy Kiznorbo at the press conference today at training talked about the fact that the, the squad has no confidence. Yeah. And these are professional footballers. You know, they're professional footballers. It's not like they've just become professional footballers like yesterday. They're professional footballers all their lives. Some of these footballers actually been very successful in Damien Duff. Paddy Kiznorbo's had a, a full career over in England. Um, Matty Masmadoko, these sort of guys, uh, Eric Pardlew, these guys have had a lot of success. Villarts played in the top leagues Absolutely. in Holland. Absolutely. David Williams is, you know, he's been uh, you know, a player. He just looks out of, out of confidence. I mean, he just yeah, doesn't have But it. still, but he's a player that has played well at different times. To have the whole lot of them without confidence? Yeah. Dig in, uh, that, Carlos. It's simple. Uh, Dig in. Well, it really is. It, it, it really, it, it really is a, a strange situation when they, because it's not only just this season. Uh, other than the six or seven games where Van Skip took over last year, there were 17 games before that with Aloisi, they couldn't win. And, you know, I shrugged off. I shrugged off the way they drew with Central Coast. I shrugged it off, you know. It was a, it was a retaken free kick that gave them the first goal and whatever it happened, you know. But in the end, you go back to that game you just dig in and you find a way to win and put two games in a row together. And then there's your confidence, Paddy Kisnorbo. You know, you go to a place like Wellington, and no disrespect to Wellington, good luck to them. <laughs> they came off two away losses, tough away losses, where they got their heart ripped out against Adelaide when they should have got a point there and then lost to Perth after a goal in the first couple of minutes of that game. But they're going to be a hard team to beat over there. I think they're a fair team. You know, they've got some parts with Riera, Krishna, Burns, who's in really good form, and they're that solid group of, you know, guys that have been there for a long period of time. They've got a really good mix, you know, but with McGlinchey as well. But, gee whiz, just the underbelly of Melbourne City is soft and gooey, and it just is pathetic, and they've got to find a way. I don't know. Do you recruit Grunt? Do you recruit Mungrel? Well, I don't. I think we've gone past that in yep. the game. 
Well, just on uh, recruiting there, Warren, maybe if Melbourne City tries something different, like letting the coach instead of the marketers recruit players, they might get a different outcome. Oh, there's, a, there's a, I mean, some sort I of look, message to marketers. Outside of David Villa, who we thought would would play for the full complement of, you know, guest games, I don't think that they've recruited poorly. You know, Aaron Moy's been one of their best players. He was one of the first players signed. You know, some of the younger guys, and forgive me for not remembering the guy that they got from Adelaide who's come on and played really well, the young young the guys. Garuccio? Yeah. But he hasn't, the, he's been injured. But, yeah, he has. But, uh, but Damien Duff's been pretty good this year. He's been pretty good as well. Uh, collectively, we I, don't just know keep, what I just keep, marquees. I just come down to the collective, uh, the, just the collective, how they're gelling together, how they're having faith uh, in each other, the self-belief that comes from that. It just seems like it's really it it's it's really dissipated completely. It really shocked me today that what are we Wednesday? That Paddy Kisnorbo, after three days is still talking about the team not having any confidence. That the breath breath the confidence. Surely, even if they are feeling that way, they've got to put on uh, you know some positive face for the fans. Mm. He's got to come out and say we're going to stick together. We're going to do the job this week. We're going to fight hard. We're going to do you know, whatever. There was none of that. It was like there was an emptiness there. It was almost as a shell of a man. Lucas from Greenvale says, you recruit leadership, boys. And uh, they seem to be lacking a bit of leadership. Can you, can you guys do me a favour? I know we're almost out of time. Yep. One win's not going to do it for me. I'm months away. I will go. I will barrack. I am months away from pumping them up. If they get one win and I come in <laughs> a bit jumpity about Melbourne City turning the corner, somebody hit me oh. and say, wait for another three wins in a row because I'm not pumping them up You were the one anymore. who said they were a certainty on the weekend. I've said I they were a certainty the last couple and, of weeks. And I, and, I said, and I said to you, how could you possibly say that about Because I, I believed, Carlos. <laughs> Keep believing, Warren. And, I will, and but privately. And you out there. Privately, I believe. Um, this is just a... Bump in the road. <laughs> I'm pro- very serious bump in the road. It's a sinkhole That's in it. the road. That's it for this week's show. <laughs> it's been an interesting show tonight. Um, after the uh, after the break, it's uh, All Night Appetite with Darren Parkin from 12 till 6. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday night. So remember, Carlos. We were Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Or every Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We have those girls with three on their head and balls in their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll the gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Fort Diego. Olé. Olé.